all-new, crisp, cool, refreshing Cano Tambos. A complete affordable library of tambourine loops from 50 to 154 beats per minute. Pop the top and add instant life and dynamics to any mix. Used by the top producers, engineers, and recording artists of today. Simply drag and drop. With multiple bit depths and sample rates to choose from, you'll never have to record another tambourine again. Visit canotambos.com. That's C-A-N-O-T-A-M-B-O-S.com and enter promo code Turned Up. One word, Turned Up, for 20% off. Cano Tambos. Fun fact, Axl Rose's real name. You ready for this one? Okay. Fun fact, Warner Music Group receives roughly 2 million buckaroos uh, every year from licensing the song. Broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, offering a glimpse inside the music industry, shedding light on things they don't want you to know, and exposing some of the industry's biggest secrets. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast, presented by Real Sound Productions. Here are your hosts, Jake Jones. Oh, I've competed in an air band uh, competition before. And Robert Venable. Hey, y'all, can I be in your band? I'm really good at guitar. My name's William Bailey. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep those doggies rolling. Rawhide. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our song. We didn't write it, but we covered the crap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> we did something to it. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever crap we could get out of it. I don't think you could call that a cover song when we just hummed half of it, half of the lyric. I mean, are lyrics even important? Do they matter? And that's exactly what we're not talking about on today's podcast. Not at all. <laughs> hey, what did you think about that uh, that last episode about the voice? Are you talking to me or are you talking to them? Yes. Okay, well, personally, I enjoyed it. But uh, we did. We got a lot of really, really good feedback from you um, via the socials. But we also, within a few hours of it being live on the interwebs, got a, got a message or two. Um, that kind of made our hearts skip a beat a little bit. Uh, thought we might have been in a little bit of trouble. The very thing that we mentioned might happen started to happen, and then we just very cordially explained to them that we had done nothing wrong and still actually haven't heard back from them. So we, we might still be in trouble. We don't <laughs> know yet. No idea. <laughs> but it was a fun episode. Again, huge thank you to Jason Wilkes and, of course, Missy Robertson. And... Jane, the person that we can't yeah, mention Jane. Um, yep. Yeah, but if you haven't heard that one, we called it the voice and that's a question mark at the end, but you have to say it that way or else it doesn't count. Right. Exactly. And that's why I said it that way because I'm proper episode 29. Well, this is episode 30, dirty 30, man. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Only a couple of weeks, couple of weeks, a month after I turned 30. That's right. Yeah. Just after you turned 30. Now we are turning 30 together. Oh, do you know how many times I've turned 30? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Are we up to six digits? I lost count. Yeah, something like that. Um, how old is dirt? <laughs> <laughs> so before that, right? <laughs> Ish. I remember when they turned 30. Well, today we are talking about some fun facts of music. Um, I have a sick man uh, sitting in my studio right now, Mr. Robert Venable. Hey, that's me. But beyond being sick, that is not his only talent, um, although it is one of his greatest. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm great at it. <laughs> he thrives well in the recording studio. Uh, Robert is an award-winning producer, engineer, songwriter, drummer, uh, guitarist now, as well as uh, he plays a slew of things. He's an arranger, absolutely amazing. In fact, uh, he was just um, he was just speaking with Lisa Loeb. Hey, um, Lisa, if you're listening, say hi. On, on Twitter, uh, because all his friends are super cool. Um, <laughs> Grammy-nominated, Dove Award-winning. He's got gold records hanging up in his studio, number one plaques, um, including one for As We Ascend, as well as an award for uh, Best... Uh, best new artist and best rock band. Um, and uh, the guy is just absolutely incredible. But the thing that truly warms my heart about Robert uh, more than any of those things and something, a, a passion of his and and as my best friend, I have to say, if it's a passion of yours. It's a passion of mine. Robert actually has an all male topless lawnmower repair shop. He's really taken a heart for, uh, for men in their seventies, eighties, maybe post-retirement who need employment. Um, you know, we know as the government is kind of, uh, you know, social security benefits are lowering, 
um, insurance is kind of in a weird state right now. So he's, he's taking these men in, um, and, and equips all of them with a pair of short shorts. Some of them get to wear skates while some of them just have to wear regular converse, uh, no shirts and they repair lawnmowers all day. Uh, and you've been doing this for like the last 20 or 25 years, right? And ish it's, uh, I, he's got a shop, uh, up in Nashville and another one in Spring Hill. You really ought to stop by and check it out. I can't remember the name of it. Tops and chops, tops and chops. So tops and chops. You can also check them out at topsandchops.com and uh instagram twitter facebook at tops and chops um it's one of those adoption things a lot of people adopt pets and uh, i adopt old men (laughs) (laughs) um uh, yeah that's that's it that's what i do for a living now um thank you jake jones the the magnificent jake jones i might add so not only do you have awards on the wall for uh, Billboard charting songs, um, number ones that you've mixed and produced and sang and played guitar on um, as we ascend. Hashtag farewell to midnight. Um, we are going on tour with our buddy Justin Forshaw and a lot of cool rock bands. We So watch for that coming up soon. But uh, you are a ridiculously talented songwriter and uh, producer from the ground up writing these songs. Even when I heard today when I got to the studio. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and all random genres too so it's not just you don't just have like one <laughs> genre is the word uh, well because you know we're writing songs and sometimes they want very specific things so we're writing songs for very specific needs and who knows what genre that falls into but it's got some finger snaps and claps in it um, <laughs> i'm your guy <laughs> jake's your man um yeah but okay so we got that covered we got that covered Got songwriting charts. Yes, got all that covered. We've got, oh, also awards on the wall for the best new artist and the best rock album of the year um, that you, crap, played a huge part in. Like so many, like all the credits are just like four people's names, which is great. (laughs) It is great. Uh, We did that all ourselves, man. It's kind of cool. But besides that, the way that you and I met, which I don't think we've ever talked about on on the podcast, how it initially came to, oh, we did one time, but we lied a little bit. Um, When... When Tops and Chops came to be, you actually were the first to apply. So I, my very first employee for the topless old men wearing short shorts fixing uh, lawnmowers in roller skates was Jake Jones. Man, tell us tell us how you found the ad and what went through your mind. Like walk us through that process. Well, I was I was playing with We as Human. Uh, we were we had finished um, recording our albums. We had done Winter Jam already we got back from the studio and we weren't going on tour for like six or eight months. We had, we were waiting for the album to get mixed and mastered before we could actually hit the road, start releasing singles. Um, and I needed some employment because I wasn't making any money out on the road. And I hit up Craigslist looking for anything, uh, that I could find that was within walking distance. And so I saw tops and chops. I saw, uh, the spring Hill location was close to where I was living at the time. Um, and I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't realize that it was that there was an age limit um, that you had to be so a minimum. Yeah, we we did have an age minimum. Did you see the video, the YouTube video? We, did I put that in the Craigslist ad, or was that that was after? Okay, yeah, you were in it. I forgot. Yeah, yep. yeah. Google so, that. Um, tops and chops. Uh, yeah, no. So I so I went to work. Have I was a little. It was a little strange, I guess, um, being November and. <laughs> Uh, I walked in for the interview. I was sitting on the couch and the first words out of your mouth after hi, good to meet you was take your shirt off. Let's see what we're working with. Um, Exactly. Yeah. At that point, I wasn't completely certain what kind of job I was applying for. Um, (laughs) But you, uh, you know, you had the video camera set up and everything. But then when you, when you explain the roller skates and the short shorts, completely legit. We're, we are the lawnmower, lawnmower repairing. Um, And uh, yeah, it was, uh, thank you, by the way. You're welcome. Kept me employed for, gosh, what was that? It was like... You were our number one best salesman. For like five or six days. You were there all six days we were in business. It was, I, just, uh, I just maintained the website just for social purposes. It was a good time. It was, that was fun. I look back on that time in my life, that, that season, and uh, see where God really blessed me <laughs> in that. We need to get off of the tops and chops subject because... <laughs> You're ridiculous. I'm creeping myself out a little bit. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even mention... Uh, that, that when I was spilling all the guts about how much I'm in love with you and like all the good things you've done, Jake, um, there was this part where I left out the, um, the whole, this last week you have at least three songs billboard charting right now that you have played a part in. I saw um, that you posted that and I meant to text you. Very good job, buddy. Well, thank you. You played a part in all of those three as well. One yeah. of them 
literally a third equal part in all of it an equal third in it i get all of the third uh as we ascend our band's doing really well man um that's right we hit number seven on the charts this week and and climbing we were uh i think nine the week before eight last week seven this week so if our patterns serve us correctly we should be number six this next week right hopefully hopefully we're number one next week or or getting close to it i mean there's a lot of good bands that we're out there against but um that i'm a fan of so it doesn't really doesn't hurt my feelings to see us even competing with them well a conversation we were having before we started this podcast and i'm gonna go on a really really quick rabbit trail here go 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 is that uh too often in music now because budgets are shrinking because there's not a lot of money that's getting spread around uh, there's plenty of money in the music industry it's just not going to the artists um then you have artists helping artists out less and less and so i think you know something that we uh, strive to do as a band as producers as songwriters and engineers is we want to help uh, other bands and and right. that's a big part of what we do and so that's it's no accident that while yes we're on the chart also two other bands that we've worked with are also on the chart and i believe about to be three bands and maybe four within the next couple of weeks all at the same time in the in the top 20 so um so that is definitely where our hearts are at and trying to bring back the sense of community and not just no, just my band. Only my band can be successful. Right. That's a selfishness that does not need to be in the industry at all. And that's what makes the industry fold uh, yeah. when, it, when it becomes all about you and not about the music as a whole. I mean, that's any industry, too. It is. Um, it's monopolizing the whole side of the business. But today, we're going to divert from our, from our last kind of deep topic yeah. and go into some fun facts. Um, Lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> like, hey, guys, let's come back out of dark territory and... Uh, we're some gonna, kind of fun stuff. Yeah, we're gonna make this episode kind of quicker, um, and just kind of kind of talk about some some fun fun facts. What where do we where are we getting these facts, Robert? We are pulling this particular list of facts off of the interwebs, Piximus.net. That's P-I-X-I-M-U-S dot net. They have a a little article on here about some random facts of the music industry, and we thought they were pretty cool, so we wanted to share them with you. We cannot say with any kind of certainty that these are true or false um we are we are trusting piximus to have done the research and uh and so honestly if you hear something that you're like nope that is way wrong uh we would love to know um but so far i do know that some of these are 100 percent true a lot of them are which kind of leads me to believe that the rest probably are as well we should just kind of like flip it a little bit. And each of us, when we are taking turns reading these facts, you get one chance uh, to try to slip one in that you made up. Ooh. We should just make up a fact. And so you... And then, yeah, like you try to stump me or I'll try to stump you or we try to stump everybody. And maybe like you guys call us out on which one's fake. Okay. Should we do that? Let's do it. Oh, that's scary. So each one of us. So there are going to be two facts in here that are not facts. We're just going to make them up. Somewhere each of us are, are going to make up one. Yeah. Yep. Done. Okay, this could be fun. What's our first one, Robert? Let's go with the first one, looking at the list. It says, Mozart sold more CDs in 2016 than Beyonce. Which I think is crazy. I don't know. Should I call Should I call false on that one? That's pretty unbelievable. Isn't it, though? Beyonce was killing in 2016, while Mozart was already dead. Hmm. What was it like when Mozart came out with his first CD? <laughs> Robert, <laughs> you were there. Why? Why am I the old one? I, I know I'm the old one. Um, it was great. It was eye opening. Hmm. It was ear opening. Sure, it was a lot better than the sticks and nuts that y'all were banging together. We were clanging them together like crazy, but then Mozart came along and wow, changed the game. Changed the game. The Beatles of our time. The Beatles <laughs> of your time. <laughs> Fun fact: Music was an Olympic event from 1912 to 1948. I'm calling bull hockey on that one. I man, I it's true. True story. Mine was true too, by the way. True story. Uh, Olympic. It was. It was a sport. What? Like, I, well, I wonder what they would do. I feel like if if music were an Olympic sport today, Justin Forshaw, our guitar player and and other singer, could actually he would win gold. Uh, he would win like the world for his guitar playing. He is ridiculous. I actually posted a video of him on my Facebook page of him rehearsing for our tour that we have coming up. He's just ridiculous. Like, and he knows his scales and all like the theories behind the different types of scales and the, I don't know, Pythagorean theorem of guitars. I don't know. <laughs> he knows what angle his fingers are at. Just sounds, <laughs> sounds technical. It is. He's, he's a technical guy. 
man, I, I looked it up. Olympic Games during uh, from 1912 to 1948 were actually uh, containing music competitions. Wow. I, that's nuts. I'm trying to figure out what kind of competitions they had. Battle of the bands. <laughs> Sorry, Ooh, hitting each other like with a, drumsticks. Are they like an air band competition? They actually do have, not in the Olympics, but they have those. I know. Like air guitar competitions? Oh, I've competed in an air band uh, competition before. Like in person or did you submit a video for that? In person. And did you have a band or just you? A whole band. And you got friends that are on board with this. Absolutely. And all of you played air instruments. Air instruments. I mean, that's, well, yes, that's part of it. You do get points for that. It's also the, the whole performance. So there's a rapper by the name No Clue, one word no clue and he's officially the fastest in the world he's able to wrap 723 syllables in a whopping 51.27 seconds so you're the fastest holy smokes let's see you try go wait does it say he has to rhyme or does he just rap them I just try to talk that fast. I'm trying to talk really fast, but I don't have anything to say. So I'm here. I go. I, I can't do it. No, I just started even making up words in the middle of that. That was good. You that, try. That was mm-mm. go. <clears throat> You're already slow. Come on, go. Uh, That's two. Mary <laughs> had a little lamb. Like, what's your go-to for what's the, what has the most words that you have memorized that you could do? Like, you do the Pledge of Allegiance. You could do like Mary had a lamb or the Fresh Prince rap. One like, week by Bare Naked Ladies. All right, go. Oh no. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't know what I, I don't think I have a go to. Oh, I mean, there's always the alphabet, but then there's like, I mean, I guess you could do numbers that just keeps on going forever. <laughs> what if you five, six, seven, eight, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen? <laughs> Did you skip seven? Probably. What if they, my, my kids used to skip like 14 or something? 13 every or 14. Time. Yep. My kids do the same thing. And it consistently would always skip. I'm like, you just forgot a number exists. You can't do that. Uh, next fun <laughs> fact. This one is also about a rapper or rapist, as I like to call them. No, 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 no. Definitely not a rapist. That yeah. is not that word. Well, it's, uh, there's guitarists, drumists. There are drumists. And rapists. <laughs> Percussionists. Um, Vocalists and yeah, rapists. And rapists. Definitely. So, but the rapists are mostly in jail. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one is about the uh, beloved Marshall Mathers, who goes by Eminem. We all know him. Um, uh, fun fact, Eminem from the year 1993 to 1997 was actually an ordained Lutheran minister. Um, bef- this was before he uh, started doing full-time rap. And wow. uh, Yep. So was he doing, but he was doing music while being minister? Uh, I assume so. I don't know. The article doesn't say, but um, yep. He huh, was, that's interesting. He was a, an ordained Lutheran minister from... What does this say here? Oh, 93 to 97. Sorry. That's crazy. Well, not a rapper, but several decades before Marshall Mathers and his uh, residency as a Lutheran minister, we've got, again, <laughs> wow, what a name, Hoagie Carmichael. In uh, 1943, check this out, quote, I'm a cranky old yank in a clanky old tank on the streets of Yokohama with my Honolulu mama doing those Beto Beto flat on my Cito Hirohito blues, end quote. That's uh, that's his the longest song title ever, and he did it. He holds the world record for the longest song title. Well, he did at the time of this publication. You um, know what? Eat your heart out, Fallout Boy. This guy wins. Please don't make me repeat that because I made it up. I'm just kidding. I didn't make it up. That's a real fact. What What was the song title again? Um, a who's he? What's it? In the- <laughs> I do want to read it again though because I think it's funny. I think we got the rhyme scheme down. Here it goes. Me 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 me. You, 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 us. <laughs> Here goes. <laughs> I'm a cranky old yank in a clanky old tank on the streets of Yokohama with my Honolulu mama doing the Bito Bito flat on my Cito Hirohito blues. Oh, that was good. I slurred a little bit in there, but I think I, I could have passed it off in like a live show. It was good. Oh, fun fact. Uh, Robert is on uh, some allergy medication. That, <laughs> I, I, I am. <laughs> the, the fact that he can speak sentences at all right now <laughs> is... Uh, I find quite entertaining. Right before we started like recording this podcast, I'm just sitting here watching the room kind of morph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he drove here. Uh, fun fact, Metallica are the only band to have performed live on every continent in the world. And that's Antarctica included. That is a continent. 
So like they really went down. Like who would they play for? I don't know. Scientists? Let's check this out. Let's see. Uh, Metallica plays Antarctica. Oh, it auto finished for me. Metallica. Like Funeral Potatoes does? Played a dome in Antarctica. Uh, Rolling Stone article verifies this from December 9th, 2013. I would trust that source. That's a good source. There you go. When Only band. All things music news. Uh, Rolling Stones pretty much has the insider on all that stuff. A little political for my tastes in general for the magazine, but I like their musical stuff. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, I've actually gotten Rolling Stone for almost two decades now, and I used to save every single one of them. I had boxes and boxes of them, but I got sick of moving from state to state or house to house with these boxes of Rolling Stones. Because they're heavy box of rolling stones are heavy so i never referenced them i don't know why i saved them maybe someday i thought like oh let me reference issue number 186 where this article is i, don't, I never did so i don't man I, those are things rolling stone being as iconic as it is i feel like if it ever goes belly up in like 40 50 years those magazines might be worth something i don't know and I, that's what i kept thinking too like maybe i don't collect a lot of things in the hopes that it will be worth something later. That's not like a thing I do, but I do have the People magazine and the Rolling Stone issue from when Obama was elected president the first time. Um, First black president. I don't know. I just kind of one of those things. It's like... pretty iconic. It's pretty... It was a big deal. And, uh, you know, it still is a big deal, I suppose. And so... (laughs) Well, it didn't change. Right. (laughs) So I have those issues and uh, they are... You have a lot of issues. They're safely guarded. So, in 1988, when Janet Jackson was killing on top of her uh, music career, she actually had to take a hiatus for several months um, to nurse her child, which actually ended up being one of the the Spice Girls. No way. And I had no idea. Wow. That's what it says. I don't know. It doesn't say which Spice Girl, but I've got to guess. Crazy. That is nuts, man. All right. Fun fact. Axl Rose's real name. You ready for this one? Okay. William Bailey. That's as plain as it gets. William Bailey. That sounds like sounds like somebody who was around like during the Pecos Bill. <laughs> Pecos Bill. He's the he was the uh, sheriff. William Bailey. It just has one of those names. William Bailey. Hey, my I, name's yeah. Willie Bailey. My name's my name's Bill Bailey, and uh, I'm here. I'm on singing a couple songs. You know, one of his friends is like that's like stupid. William please, Bailey trying out for American Idol. Please come up <laughs> with something better. Hey y'all, can I be in your band? <laughs> I'm really good at guitar. My name is William Bailey. Which which we know that uh, Guns N' Roses was Axl Rose and I forgot the LA name. Guns, right? Yeah, LA Guns, yeah. Yep. And uh, the big Guns N' Roses. So, fun fact. Jake, before I say the fact, what do you think is the world's best-selling musical instrument? Uh, I would of say all time. guitar. That's probably fair. Um, be specific. Acoustic, electric, bass. Acoustic guitar. Wrong, sir. Oh, Wrong. You made me be specific. And I, is it a, is it a <laughs> stringed it was, instrument of some kind? It's got to be a stringed instrument of some kind. The harmonica is the world's best-selling uh, instrument. Musical instrument. You've got to be kidding. That's, well, I'm reading it right here on the website. Wait. So I don't know if I'm kidding or not, but that's what it says. I think this is your... I think this is your phony fact. Out of all the ones that we've talked about so far, you think this is the phony fact? I mean, it's kind of unbelievable. I don't know. But I do remember... Uh, road trips with my family, we would stop at Cracker Barrel because they had cassette tapes that you could, I guess, lease or rent from any Cracker Barrel and return them at any other Cracker Barrel. Kind of like Redbox. I was going to say, it was like the, it's the OG Redbox. Exactly. And when Redbox came out, I thought, that's kind of like Cracker Barrel. <laughs> um, and, and we'd get these like funny like commercials from the 40s and 50s, you know, my childhood, and listen to <laughs> them in the station wagon. Um, but one time I bought a harmonica there for $4.99. Wow. And you can still buy the same harmonicas at Cracker Barrel. Probably still for $4.99. Probably the same ones. They just recycle them. <laughs> but I remember annoying the crud out of my parents from the backseat of this wooded station wagon um, on road trips. I was recording yesterday. I was recording acoustic guitar in my studio and my three-year-old decided that the track I was working on needed some harmonica and came in and... And I didn't even have to ask her. She's Unsolicited, so just walked in and said, walked in you know and what this track needs? This. Oh, and she just started playing it and didn't stop playing it. All right, in your opinion, what's the worst instrument ever invented? Like, what should just disappear? Harmonica. I would say, oh, what's the thing? A recorder. Recorder? Those, eh. those annoy me. And I've never found a practical use for them outside of music class. Uh, The theme song for Titanic. 
I actually have a fun fact about that song. Celine Dion, who who sang on the theme song for the Titanic, My Heart Will Go On, didn't want to record it, wanted nothing to do with the music. Her husband convinced her to do it. Um, so she actually demoed it out in one take, just sang through the song. And uh, they actually ended up using that demo as as the recorded track. So no she, one take through the song on a song she didn't even initially want to sing on. And that's the one that we all know and can't get out of our heads. Thanks, Jake. Wow. Yeah, that song will go on. Fun fact, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I love that movie, by the way. What makes you think she is a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. We got better. Burn her That movie was funded almost entirely by members of Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. I had no idea about that, though. I don't. For some reason, that just doesn't surprise me. They sound like out of all the bands of that era that those two would probably be the ones to fund something like this. So we have them to thank for one of the greatest movies of all time. And they're some of the greatest musicians of all time. Wow. Man. There you go. So I wonder if like what their return on that is. They they funded it. Do they? I'm sure that some kind of investment deal where a percentage of sales go back to them. I wonder how that worked. I hope so. I hope so too. I wonder if it was one of those things like Napoleon Dynamite. I'm getting that. They had just like no budget for it whatsoever and because they didn't think it would do anything and then it blew up that's that was such a cult following it's a cult following for this one too monty python that's a good one well thank you pink floyd and led zeppelin i might go back and watch that one tonight fun fact the only person to appear on every single pink floyd album was the drummer nick mason wow out of all the members that band has had he's the only one that played on all of them and we think of that nowadays as just such an that would never happen right these days the singer is the band right we talked about this a little bit if you're if you change the singer, most people think, oh, it's a whole new band now. It's not the same band. Right. So like Drowning Pool, singer passed away, got a new singer, and they still had a decent career after that. Yeah. Still They're still, still going. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty good. All right. You ready for this one? Fun fact. The only member in the band ZZ Top who doesn't have a beard is Frank Beard. That's ironic. So really, you could argue, one could argue... That he does have a beard. That um, just in his name, not on his face. Fun fact: During the United States invasion of Panama, Ooh, we've, we've talked about this one. We've already covered this one, but I still think this is an awesome fact. Amazing! It's one of my favorite things we've we've researched in this podcast. In okay, the invasion of Panama in the late eighties, nineteen eighty nine. The U.S. military blasted music, specifically ACDC, um, at General Noriega's residence for 48 hours straight, um, which forced him to then surrender to the United States Army. Okay, about that. Yep, go ahead. Um, Just a, a, a going to steer, steer left here for a moment. <laughs> All right. Um, so all of that was going on with uh, Noriega at the same time as the Contra and Sandinista uh, war battle conflict that was happening. The United States wanted to get him into this war, um, but couldn't because of Vietnam and it looked bad and public opinion. So they 
what they were doing was they were supplying guns and ammunition to the Contras to help them win this war against the Sandinistas. And they were also hiring mercenaries to go down and fight alongside of them. Um, and, and then also training the Contras to, right. to be able to fight. Um, and my father was actually a hired mercenary uh, to go down and fight in this conflict that was going on while all this was happening with Manuel Noriega. And a lot of it has to do with drugs, tons of drugs, oh, drug yeah. lords, drug trafficking. Um, and the movie uh, American Made with Tom Cruise that Tom came out Cruise. last summer uh, it, it very much is involved in this whole story, which is crazy because I had just heard this story about my dad. I read some of his writings actually about it. And, um, and it's like this thing that all of a sudden now just watched another movie with Kevin James, really funny. Uh, but it talks about that conflict as well. However, we released our episode about uh, sound um, and, uh, and, and, you know, crazy stuff with sound, right. which we were talking about how sound was used in this conflict. And was that sound? It's weird. Yes, it was sound. It's weird. That was a good episode. And uh, it's actually one of our most popular episodes. But you got a phone call. I'm not going to say who it was from, right? Um, unless you want to, oh, but I don't care. No, um, I maybe shouldn't. I don't know. But uh, from someone who was actually there, somebody and, I've known a long time. Yeah, give me a phone call. Said that they heard the podcast and said, "Well, actually, here's what happened there," and gave me a lot more details than what we could find online. Right. And uh, it was interesting to hear it from that perspective. Because if you read any anywhere about this dispute and and what happened, and we're not going to we're not get all into it right now, but um, it's you read it. You can read that anywhere online. You can research and all the history books. It says X Y Z happened, but there's a reason why it says X Y Z happened, and the truth is A B C is actually what happened. Right, and that was the interesting part that we probably shouldn't talk about. But and it was a Navy SEAL, right? Yes, that, that was there. Yeah, it was, it was from a SEAL who was there. That is just super cool. What? It's crazy. All right, fun fact. Go, Elton John. Not his real name. Really? Sir is his real name. <laughs> Sir is definitely not his real name. Elton John's last name is the same as one of my favorite television characters' first name from the show The Office. His name is Reg Pam Dwight. Oh. <laughs> Reg Pam. Reg Jim. <laughs> nope. Reg Dwight. Uh, Dwight is one of my favorite characters from that show as well, um, which I've been binge watching thanks to Netflix picking up the whole like thing. Me too. Oh, that's so good. Every night, like three or four episodes. Reg Dwight. I, I can see how that's not Sir Reg Dwight. That's not as like catchy as Sir Elton John. It's like, hey, what's your favorite Reg Dwight song? <laughs> the one where he's playing piano and singing about things. I, I would never listen to an artist named Reg Dwight. Crocodile Rock by Reg Dwight sounds fitting. <laughs> Crocodile Rock by Elton John still sounds fitting. This is I know. I don't know. But uh, fun fact, according to Paul McCartney, my favorite Beatle, the you in the song Got to Get You Into My Life was about marijuana. Well, there you go. That wasn't even about a girl. You know, though, I'm... Now, this is on this list. I know that you're not making this one up because I can see it. Yes. Um, but I might actually call bogus on that one only because they denied vehemently that the song Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was about LSD. LSD. Yeah, that's what I heard it was. They they say themselves, no, 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 that's not what it's about. I actually watched, you can watch interviews where they say that that's not what it's about. And one story that came out that, they supposedly said that I know it was based on a a drawing that that uh, they saw. Maybe one of their children had done. Hmm. Um, and you ask, who is that? Well, that's that's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. And so they decided to write a song about it. Who knows? Might really be about LSD and they're lying, or maybe it just sounds better to the general public to say that they're singing about drugs because we do know that they were on lots of drugs. So what? is it about marijuana? I don't know. Musicians in the sixties on drugs. I beg to differ. <laughs> All right. Fun fact, Barry Manilow, my favorite character in Austin powers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He is in it. He is. Uh, he actually didn't write the song. I write all the songs. Another another fact that that uh, we've spoken about in our previous yeah podcast. I write the songs that make the whole world sing, but you don't. You did not write that song. <laughs> not your song. That's funny though. Oh, okay. Fun fact. Here's another one about Eminem here. The uh, real Slim Shady 
was recorded just three hours before the finished album was due to be turned in to the record company. And this is the second place I've heard that. I heard that they were um, they were down to like the, the wire here, trying to get all the songs recorded, and the real Slim Shady, which ends up being one of his um, biggest hits, his first single. Was this his first single? Uh, it wasn't his first single because he had that record. Off that record, yes. And I think the one that catapulted him into into like, like top superstar. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, just so that was turned in and finished three hours before the due date. We know all about that, don't we, Jake? <laughs> all about it. Well, we were up. We were literally up till midnight, if not later, like trying to watch the time zones. Like we have to have this turned in by this time in this time zone and finishing album artwork. I was still making mix adjustments. <laughs> we were still adding like tambourines like conference and, calling each other and oh my gosh that was so stressful i think i, I went bald like that week <laughs> my hair grew back after that but <laughs> you know there's something to be said though for being under a time crunch as a creative person because it forces you to make decisions that otherwise you would probably overthink or him haw about for a long time and the song would be. suffer yeah um this next fun fact if you're old like robert and me then you already know this one uh and if you're young you may not even know what the song is but nirvana's smells like teen spirit uh actually the song title smells like teen spirit which doesn't make an appearance anywhere doesn't have anything to do with the music in the song uh was teen spirit was a brand of deodorant in the day in the late 80s early 90s and as legend has it, it's a quote from his girlfriend or who wrote on the wall. Uh, yeah, it was on the wall. Kurt Cobain smells like teen spirit, Which, like making fun of him for wearing like teeny bopper deodorant. And uh, that became the title of their most iconic song. Sensation. New teen spirit. And a perspirant made for you and your generation. Teen spirit. A physical sensation with fragrances made for you. Teen spirit. The harder you play, the harder it works. Teen spirit. Just for teen time and Fun fact, David Bowie and Queen wrote and recorded Under Pressure in Under Pressure. Yeah, during like a 24-hour wine and cocaine binge. So could they really be that upset that Vanilla Ice ripped it off? Maybe Vanilla Ice was really jealous. Man, they didn't invite me to the wine and cocaine binge, so I'm just going to copy it. Maybe Vanilla Ice was there and they just don't remember. Maybe he was there and they didn't give him writing credit. And so he's just mad about it. Well, there you go. Bum, 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 bada, bum, bum. All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. I rock a mic like a vandal Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle Oh, fun fact In their youth The Van Halen brothers trained as concert pianists You're kidding They could have made it I think they would have put their heart <laughs> into it We know that the whole guitar thing Didn't really work out so well for for them Do any concert pianists have logos that epic? Like would Van Halen keep that same like metallic VH flying wings logo <laughs> if they were concert pianists? I mean, it was the 80s, so... They could have, I guess. Like, there was a lot of overkill and just silly brandage on everything. On everything. Yeah. Were there any, like, really big concert pianists coming out in the 80s? I would say no. I can't think of like any. Like a concert pianist. I mean, there was... Of course. I mean, Elton John was playing piano Elton before John, that. Billy um, Joel. Billy Joel. Yes, of course. But they were known for their singing and songwriting. And not more so classical. Than yeah. All right. I don't know. Hmm. I must have missed that circuit. Uh, fun fact. Another one that we've talked about before, I believe. Leo Fender, the founder of the iconic music brand Fender Guitars, could not play guitar. Fun fact. Warner Music Group receives roughly 2 million buckaroos uh, every year from licensing the song Happy Birthday to You. Now, that's if it's performed or played in a public atmosphere. You can sing it in your kitchen, no problem. But I heard that if you want to put it in a movie, it is five dollars to $10,000, something like that, to put it on a movie. Now, if I recall, uh, as we talked about in our podcast, recently it hit public domain because we played it. And we were saying, we don't Take have to pay that. for this. 
Right, or the lawsuit. No, because it went back into lawsuit in 2016, 17? Sometime in the last year or two. And it was overturned and said that, no, it does belong in the public domain because it was the music. Well, I mean, since the song's inception, there's always been debate about who owns it, who came up with it. Yeah, and there was a whole court battle and they decided they did have the rights. But then I think back in court uh, a year or two ago, they overturned it and said, no, it's public domain. So here it goes. I feel good now after a good, good Ooh. happy birthday there. Well, I mean, that's happy birthday to our podcast. 30, 30 episodes old. 30 episodes old. Our podcast going to have to start getting yearly prostate exams. Fun fact, not a single member of the Beatles could read or write music. That one doesn't surprise me too much. Um, that's fairly common for musicians to not be able to read or write music. I can't read music. I mean, I can slowly pick it out, but I can't sit there and flat sight read music at all. I can't sight read, but I did. I started in classical guitar, which I had to read the music to learn the pieces. However, I would very slowly learn a piece, note, note by note, and then memorize it. And I got in trouble by my guitar teacher because he didn't realize I was doing it for a long time. Till one day he's like, pointed to the middle of the page and said, start right here. I straight up told my college professor, um, my first semester of college, and they put me in piano because I told them I memorize it faster and I can read it. Like, well, let's break you all the way back to piano 101, beginner's piano, and we'll see if we can like retrain your brain. I just memorize it faster and I can look at the notes. It just happens. Well, and, and I think that sight reading music is a different type of enjoyment of music. Not any less, not any more than any it's other different. kind. It's just yeah. different. Um, whereas I think a lot of a lot of people like you and I, the part of music that we enjoy has nothing to do with sight reading it. Nope. It's all about creating the parts and we can even hum it to each other and say, hey, Jake, play this one guitar because this is cool and i don't know if i could play guitar better i'd do it myself but you're freaking ridiculous so i'm like hey put that finger there oh yeah that's the note that's the one yeah, they, well, they that's, could go meow, meow. How do you changing do very quickly with your super rad <laughs> you got a new got a new gopher wood right yeah gopher wood guitars um they have headquarters here in the united states in atlanta um but their guitars are made overseas and it's re- they're ridiculously good and they have new technology in them um which you can change in and out for different like tones for resonance and i have to tell you about this off the air but it's really cool man like you can change out this little this uh this, yeah make me more part. jealous okay go ahead and yeah, mind fine whatever <laughs> sounds good one of the guys in uh my, my buddy toby from the jeremy camps band is borrowing the guitar out on tour right now he'll bring it back to me hopefully in the same piece as i gave it to him i wonder if he'd let us borrow your guitar for our tour <laughs> i'm sure he would let us borrow my guitar <laughs> 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 fun fact um and this is one i'm finding to be more and more true the longer i'm in this business prince played every instrument on his debut album wow and i've heard a lot of stories about like musicians playing all the parts or playing more than one part um including uh, our buddy brett arnold from three doors down yeah being he, a drummer yeah he played the drums on their debut record yep and sang and sang yeah well, Prince is a bad A, and it's no surprise that he was able to do that and just totally yeah. slay. He's so good. Right. All right. Fun fact. I love this one. Elvis Presley didn't write any of his songs, and he could barely play guitar. I feel him. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad he didn't sell any records. Wait a second. Elvis who? What? Elvis Presley? Yeah, Parsley. the next thing you're probably going to tell me is that his hair wasn't really black. Fun fact. His hair was not really black. You're kidding. No, actually, I'm not kidding at all. He was born blonde. I was just joking. And then later turned to Sandy Blonde by the time he was in high school. And by the time he was starting to hit the music scene, it was a dark brown. And then he ended up dying it starting in 1955. And so he dyed his hair black from 1955 until his death in 1977. You really know a lot about this. Well, Google it. Wow. I dye my hair. I need to anyway. I should. (laughs) You have that cool like natural frosting. (laughs) <laughs> I love frosting. You have tips, on cupcakes, and regular cake, and funfetti dude. by itself. Funfetti, are you a fan? You got to tell me how to make this funfetti kangaroo dunkaroo. That's Amanda's dip. thing, not mine. Well, I got to figure this out because man, that stuff's good. Final fact: 
Dun, 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 dun. I feel like we need a final fact song. Something go. Last fact. Here it goes. This is kind of sad. It's the end of this podcast. A recent study showed that, on average, successful pop and rock stars die 25 years earlier than the average person. Okay. To comment on this one briefly. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to go into this one. The let's take into account the pop and rock stars who are dying today. So let's take suicide out of the equation. Although it does play well, that a, plays a part in a lot of it these, plays so. a part in it because there is, there is a, a huge deficit because you've reached this point in your life where it's like, Oh wow, I've done everything I really ever dreamed of doing. And I still am not happy. And there's nothing left. Yeah. Um, so, but let's say of even just only looking at natural causes. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, any sort of, cancer or or you know disease um those artists back then were popular in the 70s 60s 70s 80s and they slayed their bodies they drank they did drugs they smoked stuff no kidding just regular smoking they totally abused their bodies no sleep on the road all the time no sleep yeah um and uh and you just it's plus it's, you know, it's actually quite taxing if you're putting on a good live show, running, dancing around every day while abusing your body in these other ways. But today, uh, you know, you go out on tour. It was interesting. We did a tour with Skillet, Shine Down, Papa Roach, In This Moment, Seven Dust, and some no name bands. Yeah. And, and of no, course, I've never us. heard of. <laughs> um, and quite honestly, these days, it's a very different story. Nobody on the entire tour drank, no one was out doing drugs. Everybody was in bed by like 11, you know, as soon as the show was over, it was throw your PJs on, maybe grab a quick bite to eat and go to bed every night, man. And, uh, you know, days off, we might have a cookout or something, but yeah, no, nothing weird. No crazy parties backstage. This is a massive, this is a carnival of madness tour. Like in the name, you expect it to be crazy. Backstage was very quiet. Catering was quiet. Everybody was really nice and cordial. And, you know, most, most of the artists were all soft-spoken and just really cool. And we talked to Tyler Shirelli of Florida Georgia Line and asked him these same kind of questions. And they, like, they have a personal trainer and a personal chef. And they're getting good sleep. And like, man, what happened to the rock star days? Well, and so today, sure, you might, you know, that statistic might be the case. But I think fast forward, um, you know, 25 years from now. And I think you're going to start seeing that number go up to a pretty normal or even closer to an average rate or outlast because you know, you're, you're pampered. Maybe you're, you're getting good physical exercise every day. So you're keeping your body healthy. That's and then true. these people, they're all eating well. They're doing things like P90X or jogging, a lot of jogging. They are. Shine down does P90X or whatever it was insanity at the time that yeah. I was hanging out with them before every show as a band. Yeah. So, uh, and it's just more and more common and, uh, you know, it's people are realizing that the old days of sex, drugs, and rock and roll just is not good for you in the long run. And, good. and as evidenced by anyone you ask really was not all that it was cracked up to be, man, these people need Jesus. People need <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Speaking of these people needing Jesus, Snoop Dogg's new record. It's all about gospel. It's on the gospel charts. It's gospel music, man. It's featuring is a whole it? bunch of huge gospel like singers. I haven't heard it. Yeah, I'd listen to it a couple times through now. It's not a Snoop record. I was gonna say, not, is it good? Um, it's good for a gospel record, but it's not a Snoop record. And it's got, a, like I said, some really big names in the gospel industry singing on these tracks. So it's kind of like a compilation CD more than anything. I said CD. Imagine that. It's like a compilation album more than anything. Old habits die hard. I know, man. It's like a compilation eight track. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a compilation gramophone. Oh, man. It's like a compilation phonograph, man. This oh, no. Those, Robert, this is 2018. Those haven't been around for like literally uh, more than 100 years. What did I say? Phonograph. Oh, I'm an album. Sorry, like old habits. It's like a playlist. There you go. Oh, cool. Is that hip? Am I hip and with it now? It's like a playlist. That's actually, <laughs> that's about right. So the compilation is not a word anymore. It's just straight up playlist. Right. Wow. These people, mixtapes, they won't even know. <laughs> my, my kids, man. What kind of life am I giving them? Uh, bring back the mixtape. I'm going to make that shirt. Wow, I learned a lot. It, it was a good one. That yeah. was a fun one. And uh, definitely come back next week. Uh, we're talking about a really cool series. I think we're going to start something new. 
So your head has been filled with knowledge. Uh, if you still haven't heard last week's episode about the voice, go listen to it. It's it's one of my favorite episodes we've done. It's very fun, and I think it's a format we want to pursue a little more yeah. in the coming weeks. Um, you guys apparently really liked it. Looking at our numbers, yeah. Um, and asterisk here, just to be safe. Um, if it's still uploaded right now, we don't know if we're going to be able to keep it up. I don't know. This is true. We yeah. might be in trouble. Um, but so if it's still there, go back and listen to uh, it. We didn't do anything wrong. It's episode twenty nine called The Voice. With a question mark? <laughs> Hit us up on the socials on Instagram or Twitter at Turned Up Podcast or Facebook.com slash Turned Up Podcast or on the, the interwebs www.turnedupodcast.com. And uh, let us know which one of these facts we made up. There are two that were made up one from Jake and one from myself. And uh, we'll see if you're right or wrong. Uh, and just, I do actually know which one you, you made up. Um, not the harmonica. <laughs> not the harmonica. Uh, there's a Bill Clinton joke in there somewhere. So, um, <laughs> with that said, Monica, huge thank you to Real Sound Productions for giving us this platform for mixing and editing this podcast. Thank you to Piximus.net for the awesome content. Go check it out. They've got cool little pictures that you can share to your social media to share these fun facts. And they have a ton of other facts not related to what we talked about today as well. Just kind of fun to scroll through. Yeah. Um, thank you, Robert Venable, for lending your talents and your beautiful voice. Thank you, Jake Jones, for your beautiful voice and your talents. You are so welcome. I made that up on the fly. That was good. And uh, we are recording this podcast through Sure Microphones, SM7B microphones to be exact, if you're a tech head like us. If you want your voice to sound amazing, pick up a an SM7B by Sure. They sound incredible and uh, you can spit on them a lot and they <laughs> won't break and you can clean them very easily because the pop filters pop off. They're kind of like the industry standard of broadcast mics. Um, so you'll see them in a lot of radio stations and podcast stations and studios. And Jake, you and I both use them a lot for uh, vocals on rock records and pop records. Just great all-around microphone. They are great. Yeah. They are truly great. It's not even a commercial for them. It's just we like these microphones. It's crazy. Yeah. Make sure to join us next week. We are completely excited. Thank you again for making us the number one iTunes music Woo! podcast. Uh, also, thank you for helping us break the top 100 the top 75 i think we top 75 uh um, worldwide in all podcasts out of all podcasts in any category broke top 75 and we hit number one in music that's great you guys like us you really like us leave a comment uh make sure to rate and review the podcast smash that subscribe button oh gosh i, I sound like a youtuber yeah, didn't i you know, don't do that my my five-year-old goes around saying I that hate that sentence she <laughs> doesn't even know what it means just please don't subscribe just because I said that, please just don't do it. She pretends to make YouTube videos. Like she doesn't have a camera or anything. Like just when she's playing with her toy, she pretends like she's making YouTube videos. Giving and instruction. My five-year-old or my three-year-old, they'll both do it in the middle of their little, you know, dialoguing with their toys. They'll be like, and smash that subscribe button. <laughs> no, no, no more. Nope. Go to your room. <laughs> so until next week, this is Nashville signing out. Peace. Peace.